Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we're here today, uh, back with you on recording on Sunday night. We're going to talk to you about uh, the recent commitment for Purdue basketball, as well as some rash of commitments for Purdue football. Um, we're going to take a look at those. You know, most of the most of the football guys coming from the transfer portal, but we did get one um, for the 2023 class coming out of high school. So we've got quite a few folks to talk about there. So um, before we started into that, though, I wanted to talk about um, the the speech that uh, Milwaukee Buck uh, Giannis gave after their team was eliminated uh, from the playoffs last year. Because I thought this year, because I thought there were a lot of parallels with what we've said on the podcast and what Matt Painter mm-hmm. has said. Um, after Purdue has been eliminated, Ryan, were you able to watch uh, this this video? Yes, um, I unfortunately am not quite a Bucks fan, but I did see this video. Um, it was I I like what Giannis said. He definitely made some really good points about even when you don't win, even though you have high expectations, it does not mean it's a failed. Um, season or program or whatever like it's it's process based yeah yeah there you go that's Matt Painter right there so for for those who haven't seen um the video or really you know if you don't follow the NBA or have any idea what we're talking about uh the Milwaukee Bucks were the number one seed um on their side of the bracket and they got beat in the first round so um you know another connection to Purdue there you're the number one seed and you lose um, but after, after the loss, after they'd been eliminated, a reporter asked, um, Giannis, you know, how do you, do you view this season as a failure? And putting aside the fact that apparently the same reporter had asked him the question, um, last season after they didn't win, um, that's a whole other issue. Um, yeah. but Giannis said, and this, this is the quote that I think a lot of people, um, have kind of stuck on. He said, quote, there's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days you're able to be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn, end quote. Um, You know, and he also said, he mentioned Michael Jordan, I believe, by name and said, you know, Michael Jordan played this many years in the NBA. He only won six titles. Was every other year a failure? I I don't think so. I don't think that's how you would characterize it. Um, But it just, it's struck me so much as kind of what Purdue is dealing with um, because I think I asked you this question actually on the podcast earlier in the year. Do you view this past basketball season as a failure? Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe you said no. And I think we both agree with that. Um, But sports are, I mean, they're tough. Only one person, one team can win every year, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean there weren't successes along the way. And it wasn't a, you know, a step to success, as I believe what Giannis said. Um, so it just rung so true to me with what we're experiencing at Purdue. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it made me more optimistic about Purdue or or I stayed the same. I mean, did did it impact how you've been thinking about this Purdue basketball team at all? Uh, I don't think so, just because I think you and I, at least understand that like matt painter always says it's process-based program see the funny thing to me is in the nba it's kind of all about getting to that mountaintop where you want 
you know, if you get your ring, you're good. Like that yeah. was some players, their entire careers were defined by getting to that mountaintop. Giannis yeah, I mean, already got there. Yeah, I mean, just ask Carl ring. Malone, Gary Payton, you know, those guys who all went to the Lakers Charles at the end of their career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so getting that ring is sort of what you ultimately want in the NBA. But in college, yes, you want to get a championship, but it's so difficult when you have consistent turnover with these players that only last three four years if you're lucky sometimes one so like a guy like Giannis could play for the Bucks for 18 20 years like you can progress every single season and you know go up the hill and back down but in a college program it's going to be you want a program to be um to progress. And I think that's where Matt Painter sort of understands and wants to show like you're not going to win a championship every year. There's 68 teams in the field every year, let alone in college basketball. Right. But if you build a program the correct way, there's a reason why you go to the Sweet 16 so many years and you get to the Elite Eight and you're just a consistent program that takes hard work and that is almost the mountaintop do we want to see them break through of course we do but there is so much to be said about a program that consistently put out good basketball players good teams and that takes a lot for a coach and a program to build yeah yeah i think that's a good point you know pointing out the difference between what you build in the nba versus what you have to build in college and one other difference that at least at least stuck to me because I have struggled with with thinking, you know, how do you define success in the college game? Because, again, one team wins it all. Everybody else goes home a loser. But in the college game, you know, everybody plays their conference. You can win the conference. You can win the conference tournament. You, you've got these, you know, in-season tournaments where you're playing against top competition and you can come out with, you know, a trophy and and a title, and you can say you you won this, you won that. So at least in college, there are other benchmarks. Um, in the pros, it's a lot tougher because, you know, you can say, oh, you won your division, but I, I don't think many people really look back, you know, and say, oh, our team won the division seven of the last, you know, nine years. We're really great if you've never gotten to the finals or never won the finals. Um, it is so much about just winning it all. Um in the NBA. And it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to see the reflection in this Bucks team that I think a lot of people can point out rightly for Purdue. Um, you know, number one seed losing, not being able to get where everybody expected you to go, uh, especially with such a great player in Giannis. But, you know, I just, I wanted to at least bring it up because I think Giannis said so much that Matt Painter kind of preaches over and over again. Um, the words were slightly different, but I think the the impact and the intent was just about the same. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's and by the way, the reporter asking that question back to back years—that's just absolutely asinine. Yeah, not a good look. Not a good look. I mean, it would have been so easy to just say, um, you know, Giannis. I know we talked last year about failure in the NBA and and how it's tough to characterize a season when you don't win at all. Uh, given a year to look back, how how do you think you're going to look? How how do you discuss this season? 
uh, with your teammates? How would you characterize it right now after this loss, knowing that uh, that might change over time? Yep. See, that yeah. question was so much better, and I just thought of it just now. I didn't have a year to think of it. True. And even ballsier, I don't think Giannis even played in like half that series. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was out um, for, for injury. I, I don't remember how many, but uh, so not entirely his fault, but what, whatever, you know, we're not, we're not an NBA uh, podcast. So there we go. Not that, that yeah, Not yet. Just wait. We're going to expand. Um, so that is what I want to talk about with the Giannis interview. Um, mm. Next, we did Purdue basketball, got a commitment uh, for the class of 2024, a power forward from Cincinnati, Ohio, Raleigh Burris, mm. Burgess, sorry, um, Raleigh Burgess, 230 pounds is his listed weight, listed height, I have no earthly idea. Uh, <laughs> I have seen him listed anywhere from 6'8 to 7 foot tall, and that is quite a difference. Uh, looking yep. at rivals, he is listed at 6'10, um, but I have not seen a consistent listing for him on any of the websites, so it is tough to say how tall he is, but he is listed as a power forward. Um Ryan, do you know anything about Mr. Burgess's game and uh, what we can maybe expect from him? Well, um, not too, too much as of right now. I mean, coming in, he, <laughs> as you said, we don't know how tall he is. Right. But he definitely can uh, play from all stages of the court. I mean, he, um, this is prior to a leg injury he had yes. in his junior season. Yeah, he, he broke his leg uh, his junior season. Mm -hmm. Um, apparently it's not a, not a big deal. Uh, his senior season, uh, he should be just fine. There are no worries about any long-term damage or anything like that. Um, I should point out before you continue, um, as of mm -hmm. now on rivals, he is ranked 78th. Uh, he's a four star and he had at least interest or offers. You know, you can never really tell, um, from Cincinnati, from Dayton, Charleston and Butler. Those are just the ones listed kind of the ones that were his top. Um, but if you go further down the list, ones that also offered IU, Iowa, uh, Mississippi, Ohio, Ohio State, Penn State, Pitt, Stanford, Texas, Virginia. I mean, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, Wisconsin, Xavier, Illinois. So it's not like this guy had no other offers and Purdue was kind of digging in the slums. I mean, 78th ranked guy um, offers from about half the Big Ten there. So we know this guy can play. Um but we, we just it's a matter of how he recovers from the injury and what we see in his senior season, because it's been such a long time mm -hmm. since he's been out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that seems to be sort of a sticking point now for Purdue commits is to get a leg injury before yeah. you come to Purdue. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's like um, a rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it turned out pretty well. We like Mason Gillis. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if we anyway. if we get a if we get another player with the uh, energy and mentality of Mason Gillis, I'll be okay. Well, speaking of Mason Gillis, this um, Mr. Burgess is kind of going to be in a role similar to Mason Gillis, and kind of like a hybrid between a Gillis and a Caleb. First, he is obviously six eight to seven foot. We don't know. Um, he can rebound the ball. He's tall. But he can shoot from outside. So in high school, he's shooting about 30, 35% uh, prior to that leg injury we mentioned. So he's capable of it. Um, but you want to see he can go outside when needed. He can be an off-ball catching shoot type of player. 
and he can rebound well, assuming that he uses his heights to his advantage. So I'm sure when he gets to Purdue, first step is going to be put on some weight, young man, 230 pounds for seven foot tall or yeah. even six, eight. We need to beef him up a little bit, but I'm sure coach Brantley is going to be doing that. And, you know, immediately as soon as he steps foot on campus. Yeah. And I mean, um, and, and Brantley's one of the best in the business at coaching big men. So um, mm-hmm. I would not worry about that at all. Yeah. So it's definitely another uh, really nice commit for the class of 24, which also now features Kanan Catchings as well as Jack Benter. So that's going to be the nucleus of that group. And it's going to. That, that looks like it's shaping up to be a really nice recruiting class for Matt Painter. Yeah, yeah. And um, he could continue to build that class. Um, reports say he could get up to four to five players um, in that class. So there's still room to grow in that. But it's certainly a nice group to build on, especially if you consider that this is the group coming in after um, uh, Colvin, who is coming in this year. And he should be just kind of right. a different kind of player that Purdue does not have really on the roster right now. So you add Mm -hmm. in that kind of athletic ability um, and just speed at that position, and then you add another great recruiting class coming in behind it. And, you know, to echo your earlier point, it's a process. It's Mm process-based, and Matt Painter is doing what he needs to do. He's kind of tweaking maybe the players that are coming in. Miles Colvin will hopefully be a little different than what we've got on the roster and, you know, with Raleigh Burgess and the other guys coming in in the year after, hopefully we can continue to have, you know, a pretty solid squad. But so much of next season, of course, still just depends on what Zach Eady's going to do, which um, right. we've now got 24 days uh, mm-hmm. until until the uh, window for him to return closes. So uh, just over three weeks. But um, anything else on uh, Raleigh Burgess before we, we take a break? Um, just that his, uh, AAU team, the Indiana elite also has a couple more Purdue targets. That's right. Yeah. Uh, That's always an important thing. So he's teammates with Travis Perry and Flory Badunga. Um, so if Matt Painter can somehow land both of those players, we have all five positions on the class of 24 coming in. I, I would not hold your breath on Badunga. Uh, but right. you know, um, the other guy, maybe, uh, the other guy, maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, I wouldn't yeah, hold it. Yeah. I wouldn't hold your breath on the, on the big from Kokomo. Although, uh, if you head over to boiler upload, Travis, uh, Miller, formerly of hammer and rails, um, good <laughs> friend of the show, uh, is very big, uh, Kokomo guy grew up in Kokomo, went to Kokomo. Uh, so he's doing everything he can to get the, get the info and, and try to see if Purdue has a chance, but uh, I am not buying it myself, but I would love to be surprised because uh, that guy is like top 10 in the nation, um, I believe, right. at this point. So uh, you'd always take a guy like that if you get the opportunity. So there we go. That's a look at the 2024 recruiting class for Purdue. We are going to take a break, come back, and look at the recent additions uh, for the Purdue football team. They have been mighty busy in the transfer portal even since our last uh, podcast last week. We'll be right for back. Sure. And we are back. So... Purdue continues to be busy in the transfer portal for football. Um, Coach Ryan Walters doing his darndest to kind of reshape the roster into what he wants. That's both offense and defense. Um, And since we last talked, Purdue really has gotten uh, at least two 
uh, big name recruits out of the portal. Um, that it would be Braxton Myers, cornerback uh, from Ole Miss, and then uh, wide receiver from Marshall, Corey Gamage. Uh, both committed to Purdue over the week um, since we last recorded. And then uh, just today, Purdue got two commitments. Uh, one, a running back coming out of Texas, um, a high school player for the class of 2023, Christian Womack. Um, and then Purdue got... Uh, just actually about 45 minutes to an hour ago, uh, Purdue got another um, quarterback commitment. Uh, Arizona State transfer quarterback Bennett Meredith um, has committed to Purdue, which is good news because Purdue at this point only had two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster um, due to the transfers um, of Alimo and Brady Allen um, in this offseason. So it was getting a little thin there in case there was an injury. So that is good news. Um Ryan, I know uh, that was a big lead up, but uh, <laughs> in the in the Saturday roundtable on HammerAndRails.com, I asked folks to say, you know, which position group improved the most uh, via the transfer portal. And I believe mm-hmm. uh, you said the wide receiver position and you p- specifically mentioned uh, Corey Gamage, uh, that it's... new wide receiver from Marshall. So um, what what is it about him that you think is going to uh, help this Purdue offense? Yeah, so um, playing at Marshall, or yeah, Marshall, um, he's played, or he's got, uh, excuse me, he's got offers from a bunch of SEC schools, and he's been there for four years, so he's an older guy with experience. That is key. I mean, Purdue has talent, but they have some unproven talent, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of injury questions. Yeah. And you just you need as much depth at this position as possible and again it's a guy who's been there for four years if he's gonna step up and show some of the younger guys what's going on how to do things that's even better but on the field i mean he's caught uh almost 200 receptions in four years for over 2200 yards and 13 tds now that's not you know, light the world on fire numbers. But at this point, any sort of weapons you can give the Hudson card, you will take. Yeah. And again, we don't know what the roster is going to look like from injury standpoints, who's going to be ready, who's going to step up. You know, we thought like Brock Thompson last year, we thought he would be there all season. He wasn't. So with all these question marks, just want as many, contributors or possible contributors as you can get yeah so yeah um, and always always positive yeah i think your point about brock thompson is especially relevant because he is still technically on the roster but we don't know if he's going to be able to play again this year um i don't know if his recovery is going as well as they'd hoped um he may actually have to medically retire from football but we just don't know and in all honesty he would have been purdue's best wide receiver um, on the field if he would have come back healthy. And without him and without Milton Wright, who has officially uh, entered the transfer portal, uh, will not be coming back to Purdue, um, despite earlier reports that he may have been trying to get his uh, grades back in order. Uh, looks like that is not going to happen. So Purdue needed not only depth at wide receiver, but proven talent. And um, as you said, this guy has played four years, 178 receptions, 22 uh, 139 yards, 13 touchdowns, and his most recent season, 
he averaged over 14 yards per catch. So um, he's listed at 6'2", 188, and, you know, we need, Purdue needs a solid uh, pass catcher. Uh, Hudson Card needs wep- needs weapons, so to get a guy coming in as a proven wide receiver is is huge. Um, I don't think anybody expects him to come in and be, you know, Rondale Moore, David Bell, uh, Charlie Jones level of of um, production, but we certainly need him to come in and show his talent and go out there on day one and kind of step up into a pretty big role, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's another key point is with Graham Harrell coming in and running an air raid offense, we need as many wide receivers as we can get because he will often play four or five receivers just you know and if you can't put bodies on the field it's pretty useless right right yeah (laughs) so uh good news for the wide receiver position uh i'm sure hudson card and the uh, offensive staff are very excited about this one so then we've got uh braxton myers who is an interesting situation because he's a member of the 2023 class uh, and was an early enrollee at Ole Miss, meaning he has been there for uh, this entire semester. Um, so he graduated early from high school, uh, enrolled at Ole Miss, Ole Miss, and then <laughs> transferred without really playing a down for them. Uh, he just went through um, the uh, practice, I believe, um, second semester spring practice, all that good stuff, and has now just decided it wasn't for him um, and will be heading to Purdue so just a strange situation. Um, he was a four-star player um, rated by the majority of the uh, recruiting services, as Drew and Jed, or uh, Drew and um, yeah, Jed uh, pointed out in the article on Hammer and Rails. Um, so he's he had offers from USC, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan, LSU, and Florida State. Uh, so that should tell you the kind of talent um, that this guy has and. To be able to kind of snag him away after he, you know, had gone uh, into Ole Miss state a semester is seems like a huge coup for uh, the Purdue defensive coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that there's something to be said about SEC athletes. I mean, even just getting recruited by the SEC, you know, this guy's got athleticism just to spare. And last time I checked, our defensive backs had not done too well in previous seasons. Yeah. Um, so adding some athletes like Braxton Myers, like Marquise Wilson, like Anthony Brown, that is why Ryan Walters has so good of defenses. His secondary is bar none. I mean, if you think about the players that were coming out of Illinois, oh my, like Sidney Brown, Devin Witherspoon, and all of those guys, if you have something even remotely similar at Purdue, I think the fans are going to be very satisfied with the product on the field. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm very, very happy with this uh, commitment, getting this guy to leave Ole Miss and come to Purdue. Um Cornerback, I. It's so strange because cornerback and safety has been a position that Purdue has struggled to have a cohesive unit for just years and years and years. Um, I 
I know Purdue has had talented individuals in those positions, but I cannot recall when they've had an entire uh, defensive backfield that you really felt could could lock down an opposing offense. Um, it has just been so long. Um, and to see Ryan Walters go into the portal and grab you know the guy from Penn State, um, this guy from Ole Miss, he's really doing his best to bulk up this defensive backfield because he knows that it was a weakness for Purdue, and a lot of the teams Purdue is going to face are going to throw the ball. Um, they're going to throw the ball a bunch, and it's just the nature of college football right now. So as much as the Big Ten is known as like you know a running, uh, plotting offense, you know it's not really true. Um, their reputation might be that just because of, of historical reasons, um, but I mean Ohio State is not exactly just going to ground and pound you. Um, even Wisconsin mm-hmm. has the ability to throw the ball, and they're the ones that you really think of uh, as far as a running team in the Big Ten. So yeah. it is going to be a huge, huge coup um, to upgrade this defensive backfield for Purdue. Yep, and that's not even including the newcomers from California. Mm-hmm. They can throw the ball usually pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, we've got one more year before that happens, but mm-hmm. man, that's going to that's gonna make things tough for sure. Um, so... Earlier than uh, today, uh, running back from Texas, Christian Womack made it official and committed to Purdue. Um, he had 28 touchdowns as a senior, uh, led Texas 6A division in rushing. Let's see. Let's see. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, in his senior season, he had 2,111 yards um, and 28 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's pretty decent numbers, I would say. <laughs> Um, and you would assume that's going to be against pretty good competition. State of Texas takes their high school football pretty seriously. So um, I don't know if this guy's going to come in and redshirt, um, but we do know the running back uh, position was something where Purdue needed to add a little bit of depth. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's – I got to say, Ryan Walters is really impressing me with what he's doing, not only in the transfer portal, but – as far as shoring up this 2023 class uh, with the time right. he's had, um, he's really impressed me. Yeah, and at this point, you, you're licking your chops to see what Ryan Walters can do, say, three years down the line when he has his entire uh, first recruiting class where everyone is under him. Like, that that can't come soon enough. Yeah. And we're, we're only in the first stage, and it just looks like, there's such, there's so much room to improve, but Ryan Walters looks like the sky is the limit, and he's going that direction. Yeah. Like he's just making all of the nice moves. He's talking to recruits. Um, he's just putting in every ounce of effort, and you can tell it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Plus, I mean, it's not like he's not getting some upgrades at his facilities this year. Right. I don't know. Have you seen the update to the uh, Tiller Tunnel? I have. I have. I think it's going to look really cool, especially if it it matches the renderings. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and the new student section, I think, will look very cool. Uh, Not sure how I feel about the students getting uh, seats like that. Um, I know Mm -hmm. as a student, I would be pretty upset that I was losing my 30 or 40 yard line seats. But, um, you know. I, I understand from a from a department perspective why they do it, but yeah, I mean, Walter seems to have come in at a, at a really good time for Purdue football, um, going on the upswing, and it's it's very rare 
um, for for at least Purdue that a new coach comes in when things are on the upswing. Right. Yeah. So, and we have to we have to sort of also thank Jeff Brom for that a little bit. I mean, he did bring this program up. Oh yeah. But I think Ryan Walters is going to take what he did and just absolutely just keep going. Um, so that's really encouraging. Um, I don't think there's going to be many empty seats at Ross aid this season. Man, I hope not. It just doesn't seem like it just, it looks so promising going forward. And it, Um, it's, it's both good and bad for Walters. I think that he's following Jeff Brom. It's good in the sense that Brom improved the program vastly from when he came in. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to get lower than where we were. Um, <laughs> you know, it, let's never forget that. Um, so he, he's taking over facilities that are better, a program that is in better shape. Um, and he's coming in with, with fans that are much happier with the state of the program. Therefore, you can continue to build on that. The money is probably mm-hmm. a lot better in the program. Coaching staff has yes. better salaries, all of that. Hopefully you can get better assistance and retain them. So that's all good. Um, the bad thing I think about following Jeff Brom is Jeff Brom has a very specific style of play that he was working with and you've got to then change your roster around so much to fit what you want to do as Ryan Walters, uh, and Graham Harrell coming in and taking over this program. Um, Mm -hmm. but they've come in in the era of the transfer portal and all these graduate transfers. So they've got a better chance of doing it. I think than you know, they would have five years ago. Five years ago, it would probably been a much slower process. Um, But another good thing is Ryan Walters gets to be compared uh, to Jeff Brom temperamentally. And Mm -hmm. you can say a lot of good things about what Jeff Brom did at Purdue, but I don't think most people would say that he and his staff were uh, the most enjoyable people to be around off the football field. Um, We've heard that from a number of folks, um, especially the – long forgotten third Brom brother um, who was the quote chief of staff for the football program. Um, Apparently he rubbed a lot of folks the wrong way, including a lot of high school coaches in the state of Indiana and Ryan Walters, everything we've seen about him, everything we've read, um, you know, just seems like he's a guy with a lot of energy, a lot of good vibes going out into the world and out into these uh, big name programs in the state of Indiana um, you really do want to have good relationships with those guys, uh, those head coaches at those high schools. And Ryan Walters just seems relentless, a uh, lot of energy. He He's already selling the fan base um, and the local community. So kudos to him. I think he, you know, if if I had to give him a grade for his first, you know, however many months he's been at Purdue, it's got to be an A+. plus. I mean, mm-hmm. w- without a doubt, he's done everything he could have and more um, to kind of get this program continuing in a positive direction. I I think you can't knock a thing he's done. Absolutely. I mean, going, starting when we found, when the news broke that Jeff Brown was leaving, you know, we knew, we knew there were rumblings of it. And then he eventually said he was going the season, this upcoming season looked dead in the water. Mm -hmm. Like it did not even look like a remote possibility. You know, it looked like, Hey, a four win season would be a positive. Ryan Walters has swung that completely around where there's optimism going into this. I mean, when you start recruiting out of the state of Texas, 
you know good things are happening. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, and then I think it all started with the Hudson card transfer. Yeah. I mean, that got the ball rolling and it just hasn't slowed down. Like, that is fantastic. Sometimes you have to see that first one go in and then you just you knock them all down. So I think that's sort of what Ryan Walters has been doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, he's definitely in in the groove right now, so we just hope it continues. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, all good things for Purdue football right now. It makes me a little, as a Purdue fan, makes me a little twitchy, makes me a little nervous, uh, just waiting on another shoe to drop. But, um, you know, we're really happy with where things are going right now. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the transfer portal. Um, I know it's technically closed, but there's graduate transfers and there's everything else. Um, Recruiting just seems like a nightmare right now. Like if you're a coach, I can't imagine everything you got to keep track of. Would not want to do it. Uh, but then again, if you pay me four million dollars, I'd I'd strongly consider it. You didn't want to go into that kind of law? <laughs> no, no, not at all, not at all. So um, there we go. There's a big uh, update for you on both uh, Purdue basketball and Purdue football recruiting. A lot happened since we were here um, mm-hmm. the the last time. There is one more thing I want to mention. Uh, to you, Ryan, I and I didn't mention this uh, when we were talking about what we were going to cover. So, um, the men of Mackey uh, have yes. begun to announce their roster for the T by T, TBT, geez, uh, the TBT tournament, uh, and they have added uh, two Purdue names you might recognize: Lewis Jackson and Kelsey Barlow. Uh, yep. So, uh, returning, right? Yes, both returning. Um, this is um, yeah. Lewis Jackson third time on the team and I believe it will be Barlow's second. Um so okay. what do you think what do you think of the roster so far? I mean I know it's it's very small, but um mm-hmm. what what do you think? I uh, it looked solid last year during the T B T so I know obviously they went I believe what two games in, uh, in the tournament? I can't even remember. I can't even remember. Yeah, so I mean I know I know it's early on, but anytime you get roster kind of sticking around that's usually a sign of success in these tournaments just because the teams know each other so well and i'm excited to see some of the other players they can bring in um hey sasha stefanovich you want to go to that go play in that tournament i could totally they can use all three point shooters they can yeah and i mean he he retired uh from overseas so uh, Mm -hmm. we'll see what he does next yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there are some other guys that I know would make an impact. And, again, it doesn't always have to be Purdue guys. I think that's the weird thing when you start seeing some other schools, uh, guys who play at other schools start committing to these teams. But um, there's so many different guys you can pull in and that can make a difference. And I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully this is the year that uh, Joe Johnson is not playing because he always seems to make it to the final two games. <laughs> like that dude's been playing basketball for like 30 straight season or 30 straight years. Like, I think it's time to hang up the sneakers. Hey man, if you got a chance at a million dollars, you could convince me to keep playing too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's like the most elite co-rec tournament ever. Absolutely. So. That is a good way of describing it. Good way of describing it. A lot of those, a lot of these teams would never leave the floor at the co-rec. So um, exactly. there we go. We're going to keep an eye on the men of Mackey as they continue to announce their roster. But uh, that's our update for, for you all this week. 
Uh, we'll be back next week for Ryan and myself. Thanks for joining us. Boiler up. Hammer down. <laughs>